I want to talk, talk today because I've gotten on something and I, I want to clear it up. I want to, you know, do as much as I can to bring you to a place called understanding. Because we are living, we are living in, a, in a time where even the church, the body of Christ, said the church, the body of Christ. All right. Now we have to understand at the beginning, I'm going to talk about that, not today. That part of the church was called the church of God. So the church of God. All right. That's the church that we are dealing with for as teachings. Now, we are not the church of God. We are the church, the body of Christ. All right. So we have to understand the word of God. Once you get into the word and begin to understand the word of God, You'll be able to see a whole lot of things. Like I said, I've been in ministry, ministry 40 years, so over 40 years. And a lot of things I didn't understand anyway. But I kept studying, kept studying, kept studying. You know, and the Holy Ghost is an awesome teacher. And the Lord said to me one day, when I said, Lord, I, I'm not able to understand, he said, you are not Listening to the Holy Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit must teach you. Although I'm your pastor and although I'm teaching you the word of God, the Holy Spirit must also teach you. And that's what you got to understand. You got to also make sure that you're able to go, go to your own Bible at your time of study. Take the tape, like he's saying, the DVD, the CV, CDs. Now we, now we have uh, YouTube and podcasts. See, all those ways, now you can be able to go and go over the Word of God. Search the Word of God, the Bible says. All right, now, what I'm going to do is, all right, let's go to my supper today. Second Peter, chapter 3. Now, in Second Peter, chapter 3, now remember, I'm taking verse 4. Out of Second Timothy 4, 6 through 8. And I'm going to talk about that just a moment. I am like a person as a, in, a, in a court of law. And I've been taught that Jesus is still coming. Visibly in the air. To get us. And all the other stuff that's going to go with it. I used to teach that in the church. Then I had to come to a time in my life where I had to go to the Holy Spirit and I said, Lord, I'm running into too many dead ends. I, I need to understand something because if you are coming for us, then what about you living in me now? Because if you're here already in me, and I know he lives in me, and you said in your word, Christ in me, the hope of glory. So if you're already in me, how can you still be coming? And then my, my natural mind said, well, you know, God's everywhere at the same time. And he is. But God talked about 
a second coming. And that's what I want to, I want to, because, see, we're in the church today because of his first coming. And I think the problem that I believe that happened to people in the churches, they never got it right on the first coming. If you ask most people why Jesus came the first time, they still don't know. But they still believe he's still coming. Something wrong with that picture is, is how can you don't be understand the first coming? See, if you think you're saved by water baptism, you don't know why he came the first time. Christ came, the Bible says, died for our sins, buried, God raised him from the dead for our justification. And yet people will say, now the same people who saying this say he's coming again. So they don't know why he came the first time. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 15. Uh, let me give you my subject for you before I go nowhere. Let's go to 2 Peter chapter 3. In 2 Peter chapter 3, let's start verse 1. Let's read out of the King James in the beginning. Starting this off. In 2 now, now remember, I'm giving you Peter because I, I'm, I'm showing you my witnesses. 2 Peter, and we're going to go back to chapter 3, and we're going to start reading verse 1. Now, if you just let the Bible be the teacher, you can't go by somebody said what you was taught and all this other stuff. You got to go by what the Bible says. And you have to write down things and you have to search them out. Once you write them down, search them out, then you'll come to a conclusion like I did. That something is wrong with he's coming again to us, to get us. All right. Now, last time, I'm going to bring this up, but let me give you my subject first. Second Peter 3, are you there? All right. Verse 1. The second epistle, beloved, I now write to you, in both which I stir your, your pure minds by way of remembrance. Now, first of all, I want to ask you a question. Who is Peter writing to? That's the first thing you want to understand when you understand the word of God. Because you only have one apostle to the Gentiles, and his name is the apostle Paul. Okay? So the apostle Peter wrote to the Jews. That's 1 Peter chapter 1. The Jews that were scattered abroad. And we know who scattered them, don't we? The apostle Paul. All right? So now here is Peter writing to them. All right? So if, if Peter's writing to them, then we have to understand that he's writing to the Jews that were scattered abroad by Paul in Acts chapter 8. So when you read 8, Acts chapter 8, the Bible said they were all scattered abroad. Now Peter is ministering to those Jews out there. All right. I'm just laying some groundwork. So here in 2 Peter chapter 3, he wrote to them. Now in verse number 2, let's pick it up. 
He said, he, he stirred them up by the will of their members. In verse number two, he says, that you may be mindful of the word which was spoken by the holy prophets. So he's letting you know what he's talking about. You can go back in the Old Testament and get records. Because they were spoken of by the holy prophets, which was spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandment of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. So he's also saying that the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ also told you the same thing. That's Paul, Peter, James, John, and Jude. That is your last five books in your Bible. Those men I just named. So he's saying you can look in these books and you will get the reference. Because they only tell you what the holy apostles said in the old time. All right, let's keep going. Now he's going to get to what he wrote them for. Knowing the, this first, knowing this first, say that with me, knowing this first. Right. Now, the first thing he wants them to know is this. There shall come in the last day. So you need to, you need to underline the word, because these are words you have to know to know what he's talking about. He giving you the time. He said, you got to know this, that. In the last days. So if Peter is ministering to us, then that put us in the last days. Do everybody follow what I'm saying? When I, when I'm so you're building your case like a lawyer. You have to hear what it's saying. So he's telling you time. Now, Peter ministered to the Church of God. Now, that's the first thing you've got to put down the church of God because I told you we the body of Christ. So he was ministering to the church of God. In the last, he telling them what's going to happen in the last day. So you need to put that in your note, in the last days, because he gives you time. And the next thing he's going to say is, knowing this first, that's in the, that there shall come in the last days, scoffers, walking after own lusts. And this is what my subject is going to be. Verse 4. Where is the promise of his coming? Now, it's something the Holy Ghost will give me this the week before his first coming. I don't know that you pick up on that. We are celebrating his first coming, right? And last week I said to you, we are not going to sing anymore in this church the word Emmanuel. Because Emmanuel means what I told you? God with us and you didn't finish the center. In the flood. That's what I told you. You got to know what you're saying. God with us in the flesh. All right. So you have to know their covenant. So if you're looking for Jesus to come again... He's not in the flesh. We know that because he rose from the dead and he rose from the dead in a glorified body. Isn't that right? But I told you we want to also keep in mind the word wedding. Because that's the mentality you got to have when you teach Christ coming and you have to know who he's coming for. Now, all of his parables, what I'm going to show you is going to show you who he was coming for, what he was coming to do. 
Why did he come the first time? Now, the first time, he did not come to us. You just got to think. See, if you have questions on his second coming, I would ask you the first thing, who did he come to the first time? Because if he didn't come to you the first time, you shouldn't be in this conversation. Come on now. Come on now. You got you to gotta use your spirit. You got to let your spirit hear what I'm saying. You don't have a second coming if you never had a first coming. You can't get up here and say, I'm getting married again if you ain't been married before. So if Christ never came to us in the first time, then how can I argue about a second coming? Only the Jews can say second coming and not the one that you have today. See, this is the reason why all of the religious leaders don't want to speak truth because they would offend. Oh, I wish I had a prayer in church. I wish I had a church know, know me. Because if they are right, then what we have today is the original. But if I'm right, then the Bible's right. Because I'm not going by what you see over there today. But that's what the average man that sits in his pulpit is talking about the people we have today. And you must understand, I'm going to show you when Peter was talking, he said that the old was destroyed. The old heaven and the old earth was destroyed. And yet, and the Apostle Paul told us about the old and the new. And yet, in this country, we are still basing our theology on the old. See, if you think with me, and spiritually, you can, see, you can, you can just see it. Holy Ghost is sure to you. And that's my prayer. So my teaching today is volume one, part five. Where is the promise of his coming? Now, for, for this statement to be made, that means that Peter, James, John, Jesus, Jude, Paul, all had to promise that he was coming. For them to make this statement. My next part is he had to make it to us. So if he did not make the promise to us the first time, how can we be waiting for the promise the second time? 
I mean, I just can't. You know, something you, you, you just have, when you sit down and you just meditate. I, I spend more time meditating on the word than I do anything. And I study the word all day. I get in the word. My wife will tell you, I get in the word. That's how we do. I get in the word all day. I get up in the morning. I come here every Saturday morning for the last 25 years. I'm talking about starting the other church. Every morning, every Saturday morning, I'm here all, 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 all when you come out already, I, I, you'll never beat me at the church. Only somebody, only somebody here when I leave is my brother, but he'll never beat me here. All right. Are you ready for this word now? All right. Now, here we go. Watch this. Where's the promise? Where's the promise of his coming? That's in verse four. Now, for since the fathers fell asleep. Listen to what he's saying. The fathers. Now, you have to know who the fathers are. It's not hard. It's three. You need to put that in your note. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Since the fathers, and if you don't, if that's not good for you, Israel had a father of every tribe. But this is what he's talking about, the father, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. For this they willingly are ignorant of, Peter says. And then he's going to give you some history. Because he's going to liken it to that by the word of God, the heavens... So you have to know that word heavens, that word heavens there is plural. And the way you have to understand the word heavens, they are the people that live in heaven. So when God's talking about heaven, he's talking about Jerusalem. And when he's talking about earth, He's talking about the world. Or he's talking about the land of Israel. Or the promised land. See, if you don't know Genesis 1 and 1, you can't, fast, you can't argue with me. Because you don't even know what heaven and earth is. See, the, I'm going I'm to show you that now. Give you, give you a little bit of that today too. Because the word heaven... So that's why when you read the Psalms, it said, let the heavens rejoice. That's the people that live in heaven. <laughs> See, God, when God created the heaven and the earth in Genesis 1, 2, and 3, he created Israel, and you can go through the word God and see all this. I'm not just telling you something. Just get the word created and look at the word created and you'll see the only thing that's been created is Jerusalem, Israel, and a new creation. And then we had a new creation. He created the people. See, all this is creation. You got to understand creation means it's invisible. But yet it exists. Let me tell you what creation means. Creation means it's what? It's invisible, but yet it exists. So that's why you have everything created before they were made. Because God made everything from what he already created. And you go back further than that, he created everything by the word. Amen? All right, so here we go. The heavens of old. 
Now watch what he called the heavens old. And the earth, the, we in verse 5, the heavens of old and the earth standing out of the water and in the water. Standing out of the water and in the water. Whereby the world, see he dropped down now and now he called the earth the world that then was. The earth, see that's why you, need, you have to understand, they, these were the, you got to be able to study out of a Hebrew Greek study Bible. The world or the land of Canaan or the earth that then was being overflowed with water perished. Well, we know the dirt didn't perish. So Peter told us that the people in the days of the flood perished. That made them the earth, the heavens and the earth. See, they the one perish. That's why Jesus says, as the days of Noah, so should it come to the Son of Man be. All right? And if you notice in Genesis chapter 7, when you read that, it says that all flesh died. And the only somebody that didn't die was eight souls. Isn't that right? There's Noah, his wife, and Noah, three sons and their wives. And they was the ones with Noah because Noah found grace. So the destruction and the flood had to be Right before grace came, if you understood, if you understood just what I said. When you say Noah found grace, remember when you teach Noah, it says in the days of Noah before the flood. I need some student to, to go back there and get that for me, snatch that out. It said the days of Noah, but it says before the flood. Now, the word flood means tribulation. All those words, flood, fire, because you have a tribulation, afflictions, and persecutions. And See, all those words are the same thing. You got uh, the flood before the flood, before tribulation. So look what happened before tribulation. Noah found grace. Well, what happened in the days of Paul? Before tribulation, Paul preached what? grace. And all those that found grace did not die in the tribulation. Ooh, this is so easy to see. That's why Paul preached grace. Paul did not die in the tribulation. Those people was murdered. I'm going to show you that when I go back to the Paul persecuted the church. I'm going to show it to you. All right, let's keep going. All right, now in verse number five and six, and then I'm going to keep reading. Going back to five, then I'm going to read five and six, keep going. For this they're willing or ignorant of that the word, the word of God, the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the water and in the water, whereby the world that then was, being overflowed with water, perished. So he's telling you the world perished. Now we know that the dirt didn't perish. But it's the people 
that perished. And we know who it was. You go back and read Genesis chapter 6, when God told Noah in chapter 7, he said, all flesh died. So I know what it was. So when Jesus came, the Bible said in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world. And the first thing people think about is America. It wasn't no America. He's talking about, this Bible is about Israel in the Old Covenant, the land of Israel, Canaan, and the, which is the promised land, and the people who lived in the promised land, and Jerusalem, and all of his priests and kings. That's all you're going to get in the Old Covenant. So all God's talking about is when he created them, what he created them to do. That's why when he came to, oh, I don't know, should I give you this yet? You don't know, you ready, you ready, and here you ready. I kind of stopped questioning you in here. You ready? So when Jesus came to the well, because I'm going to show you in the teaching I'm going to do that it's the same story that happened back in Genesis chapter 24. And in Genesis chapter 24, he's going to deal with Abraham sent his servant to get a wife. Everybody follow me so far. Let me say it again. Genesis 24. So you got to write this down and read and you get home. If you don't know, that's what you do. Abraham had a son that's named Isaac that was 40 years old. Now Isaac, somebody quote me that because I don't want to be 30 and I'm saying 40. Okay. But anyway, his son, he had given everything he had to his son Isaac because Isaac was the heir. Now he's going to send this is how it was done. He's going to send his servant, the servant of the type of the Holy Spirit, to his father's house. Abraham was from Babylon. He sent him back to Mesopotamia, which was Babylon, to his father's house to get his son a bride. Now, this is what happened when God sent his son. Same thing. So when you read Genesis 24, you see the same picture, and you'll be able to know what's going on. God sent his son. Abraham sent his servant. So when Jesus left, he sent them what? The Holy Spirit. What was the Holy Spirit there for? To be with them during tribulation. <laughs> oh my God. See, the Holy Ghost was with them during tribulation. That's why he's called the Comforter. <laughs> Praise God. All right. So that's why you need the Holy Ghost because he's with you. So when you go through anything, he's there to comfort you. Can you see that? All right. So he was with them to comfort them through tribulation. They're getting ready to die. They're getting ready to get their head cut off. That's not your, that was not your Bible. They were under the law. That's why that happened. So my point is, the, the well is what I want to show you. Where did he meet, when you read Genesis 24, where did he meet the woman? At the well. So Jesus taught that then. Because when Jesus came in his ministry, he sent his disciples to town and he went to the well. See, Jesus, everything he's doing is fulfilling scripture. So if you can understand Genesis 24, you can understand Jesus' ministry. Jesus came to get a bride. So he came to the well and there was a woman that came to the well and when Jesus met her, she was now a widow. 
When Isaac met her, she was a bride. Well, let's run it down. That means Jesus said to her, thou hast, thou have had five husbands and the one you have now, not your own. My question to you is, who were the five husbands? Now the same folk trying to tell you Jesus is coming, who, who the five husbands? See, you listen to people who don't know. They just, they, go, they went to a school where a man that didn't know taught them what, they, what he didn't know and they come back to teach you what they don't know. Ask me, I know. I was there, spending my money, trying to get a piece of paper so I can join the people who don't know. Hallelujah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that is so funny. Because it makes me cry when you sit in a class and you know the teacher don't know. He hasn't been taught. So who were the five husbands? Let me give them to you. When Israel came out of Egypt, God gave them one man. What was his name? Now, y'all got to be able to know something. Now, I'm going to help you out. You got to know, you know Israel's first husband. Remember, Israel was not, you, I can't go back to Jacob and all the way back to Adam. I can't go back there. Because Israel was not yet. Israel was manifested in the flesh in Egypt. Come on now, you, you, you got to say amen, you know what I'm saying. Why did God bring them in? They had seven souls. They came down with, with, uh, with Jacob and they lived in Goshen. And they grew into the nations of Israel while they were in Egypt. So when God brought them out of Egypt, the book of Numbers calculate that each tribe had over 100,000 people per tribe. They had 600,000 soldiers. They call them footmen. That's how big Israel had grown. But how long were they there? In Egypt, y'all know your Bible. How long? See, I, I ask you every year to watch Ten Commandments. You'd be like, I already watched that. I know. Well, how long were they in Egypt? How long were they in Egypt? Four hundred years. If you go all the way back to Joseph, it'll be four hundred and thirty. See, you need to write that in your Bible. You didn't know. That's why I said to you. Don't be ashamed to say, I don't know. You're here to learn. Don't be like, we don't need to know that. Well, how are you going to know? Why did Moses need the book of Genesis? Because he didn't know his beginning. He was told to go into Egypt and get some people and bring them out to the mountain to meet their God. That's where God lived at that time. 
and he will give them the law or his covenant because they were as the father's wife. Got it? So he's going to redeem them by them. And what he did, he had to put the blood of the doorpost. He got his bride out, his wife out, and he brought her to, to himself. That was Moses' job. Bring her to me. I'll be right up there waiting for you to come back. Once you come back, come up to see me. Let me know they're here. And once Moses came, he came back and told him, the people you told me to bring out there at the foot of the mountain. He said, okay, I'm coming down. And when God began to walk down, thunder and lightning, the earthquake, and they cried out, we don't want God to come down. Don't have him to come down. Moses, you talk to us. Don't have God to talk to us. God's will was to talk to his people himself. Who were the five women? Who were the five husbands? Number two, I just gave you number one. This is how you know. This is how you know. So you have to know by the scripture. You just can't know because I said so. Because at, no, uh, the Bible says God took the honor off Moses, told him to go up into the mountain and die. And he put the honor on the next man that would be, that's going to be husband number two. So you have to understand the second husband going to take them into the promised land. Once they get into the promised land at the 24th chapter of the book of Joshua in verse 15, you hear Joshua say to them, you can't serve the Lord. He's talking to the woman. So you're not going to be able to serve the Lord because if you don't keep his, keep his commandment, God will do you hurt. After he, they said, look, we will as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Y'all got that one? As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So that was the second husband. And then God told them, the next husband is going to be who they chose. See how well you know your Bible. King Saul. They wanted them a king. You don't understand what they were saying. We want to be married like everybody else. We want to have our own husband that we can see. That's what the king was. God put a king over Israel. That was her husband. She was supposed to obey him. What was his name? Saul. Saul messed over his wife. You go back and, you go back and listen and, and read what, the, what Samuel told him. This man, you, you say you want it? Woo! He gonna mess over you bad. But they got to a place where God had to deliver them from that husband and give him a husband after his own heart. You gotta be able to know I'm giving you hints. What the one man in the Bible called a man after God's own heart. What was his name? David. Not David, King David. Come on, he, this is the king. <laughs> what husband is that? What number? Four. That's the fourth husband. You've had five husbands. Now you don't get the next one. Who was the fifth husband? Who was David's son? And he had no war. He was a lover. 
He not only had his wife, he had everybody else's wife. <laughs> King Solomon. You've had five husbands. And the one you have now, he's speaking to Israel, is not your own. How many can see that now? See, I have to know everything. You just can't tell me you have five husbands. I'm like God. Now, who are the five husbands? And you don't just say something to say something. God said, go back and look at it. Who did I give them to him first? I gave him, you gave him to Moses. Okay. Who did Moses turn them over to? So that's why when you study Israel history, he said nobody wanted to reign over them. They was, she was a bad woman. No husband wanted her. <laughs> so she ended up a widow. That's why you have the book of Hosea. See, all these books are telling you about God and his wife. See, type and shadow started off in the garden. Adam and Eve. And they were both put in the promised land, the earth. God created the earth and put them there, which was the promised land. And then they got put out of the promised land, just like they did all the way down through their history, and end up in somewhere in captivity. That's how Abraham got to Mesopotamia, which is called Babylon. Are you following me? That's what I mean by knowing the Bible. See, if you don't know the Bible, you can't teach this book. So now we get down to the, the Apostle Peter. And the Apostle Peter is going to begin to give us, I'm going to read 5, 6, 7. Let's go back there again. Second Peter, chapter 3, verse 5, 6, 7. We're going to continue down to verse number 13. Here we go. Verse 5. For this they willingly are ignorant of, because by the word of God the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the water and in the water, whereby the, the world that then was, being overflowed with water, perished. But the heavens, talking about the same place, the heavens and the earth which are now. Now, let's, let's pause one minute. Let's see what Paul said about that. Anybody know where I need to go? See how well you know your Bible. Let's go to the book of Galatia. I waited long enough. See, in Galatia, Paul told you about the, 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 the New Jerusalem and the Old Jerusalem. You know, I would not, I would be glad if I had a pastor who know the word. I don't, I don't think you understand. It's nothing like having somebody up there who know what you're talking about. You know why it's so important? Because if I don't, then you believe what I'm saying. I got a young man I talk to pretty often. Uh, what is he in, Carolina? What, you know what part of Carolina is in? I don't know about north and south, but you know. Uh, but anyway, he's, maybe he'll hit us up on, if he listened this morning, maybe he can hit, you can watch it on your Facebook, he'll, he'll, he'll come up. But he's in Carolina. Carolina. Uh, now the young man I'm talking about right now uh, married my wife's niece. That, that's, that give you a little clue. So when he hits you up and you're going to see on there Carolina, you tell me who it is, okay? All right. <clears throat> 
Now, this young man contacts me all the time. Just talked to me the other day. He said, when he came down here, he played my tapes, uh, listened to me on podcasts, whatever, all the way down here and back. He said, I finally found somebody who knows what I need to know. Then I got a young man in, in, that, that watches this broadcast in Saginaw right now. His first name is Willie, football star, Saginaw High. See, those guys are going to pop up just a minute because they watch us every Sunday. People are getting the word, but they've got to find somebody who knows the word. If not, you're going to base your, all your knowledge on what somebody says and then find out it was wrong. You know how disappointing that is? To base all your knowledge on what somebody says, and now you out saying what somebody says, and meet somebody who do know, and here you are running your mouth. That's what happened to me. When I went down to Detroit, that's all I say, and I, my, my dean, William S.J. William, who was the teacher, dean of the college at that time, I came in there and I said, try the spirit by the spirit, Dean. You got to try the spirit by the spirit. He said, sit down, you little knucklehead preacher. You don't know what you're talking about. I never had a man rebuke me so openly. But it was good for my soul. And I said, and I asked him later, I said, Dean. He said, find it. i never forget this. And I went to first John. Hold your finger in Galatia. Y'all found what I need in Galatians yet? Where I'm going to start? Okay. All right, watch this, watch this. What I tell you that was that I just told you to go to? First John 4.1. Now, this is what I was crying to quote. And he says, so now you're a knucklehead preacher. Now, how many ever heard try to spirit by the spirit? Now, come on. How many heard preachers saying you got to try to spirit by the preacher? Come on, it's not hard. How many? See, that's what I'm saying. People are telling you, but that's not right. And when I said that, I got rebuked. And thank God this man rebuked me. He said, beloved, for, you see it on the screen up there? He said, beloved, believe not every spirit, but try, that word try means prove. Try the spirit whether they are God. Prove. Prove the spirits whether they are God. Don't just listen to everything nobody say. How are you going to prove it? You got the book. How are you going to do it? You got the book. You got to go to the word. So when people are telling you something you can't find in the book, you got to go back and say, where is that in the Bible? Because most people during my day never gave you the scripture. They just said, over there in Luke. Mark said, over there in John. How many know what I'm talking about? And I'd be in this like, over there where? Watch what it says. First John 4, beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits well they of God, because many false prophets are going out into the world. Hereby know you the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is coming in the flesh is of God. That was John, how they were saved by confessing Jesus Christ is coming in the flesh. That's why we don't sing. Let you get it. Right. Right. And this is what people are trying to follow up as the coming of the Son of Man. Got to hear what he says. He said the coming of the Son of Man. That means you're going to see him. 
And what I'm telling you, in under your dispensation, you don't walk by sight. How many know what script that is? In the NLT, I want it. In the NLT, 2 Corinthians 5, 7, I want it in the NLT. So you got to know what it's saying to you. So when a man telling you, we're going to see him when he come, I'm going to go through all these words. I'm going to go through looking. I'm going to go through waiting. I'm going to go through watching. I'm going to go through ready. I'm going to go through every one of them. I'm going to show you all that is what they saying you have to do. It was not for you. Watch what this word says. 2 Corinthians 5, and I'm reading one verse 7. For we live by one word I need this church to tell me. Come on, tell me out loud. We live by believing and not by seeing. Now, if you live by believing, why would God wait in your dispensation to send Jesus to you? Their salvation was based on two words, seeing and believing. That's why they... That's why the man asked. Jesus asked the man in John chapter 9, what will you that I would do for you? This man is blind. He said, what do you want me to do for you? He said, Lord, that I may receive my sight. Why was that so important? Because his salvation was Based on that, that's why I'd go back and do it so you see how you're really getting me. There's, if he was able to see him and believe, he could be saved. Your salvation is just the opposite. Blessed is they who have not seen and yet believe. Your salvation is not. Now, let's go back to Galatia now. Galatia chapter number four. We're going to start reading verse number. 19, let's do that. Galatians chapter 4 and verse number 19. Galatians chapter 4 and verse number 19. Just battles and just wait. All right. Are you there? Verse number 19, are you there? Now, are you, are you on the King James? I'm, my little children? Okay. My little children of whom I travel in birth. This is what Paul said to them. My little children whom I travel in birth again until Christ be what? Formed in you. Formed in you. Here we go. Tell me, uh, verse number 20 says, I desire to be present with you now and to change my voice. For I stand in doubt of you. Here was the problem. Tell me you that desire to be under the law. Do you not hear the law? It is written that Abraham had two sons. Now he's going to explain it to him. The one by a bondwoman and the other by a free woman. How many understand that in the old covenant Abraham had two wives? Two wives meant two covenants. That's why this Bible is always about the husband and the wife and the son. But he who was of the bondwoman was born after the flesh. But he of the free woman was by one word. What is it? Y'all got your Bible in your hand, maybe. Let me, let me, let me wait till you find it first. Because it's on the screen. 
Let me talk to the, let me talk to the camera. I got 2.9 billion people out there. But he of the bond woman, we're reading Galatians 4.23. I want you to look at it. He of the bond woman was of the flesh, but of the, he of the free woman was by promise. Let's go to verse number 24. Which thing were an allegory, spiritual story, for these are the two covenants. The one from Mount Sinai was generated to abundance, which is Agar, that was under the law. And now he says, and, and his, this Agar is Mount Sinai in Arabia, and answer to Jerusalem, which now is. And this woman, Jerusalem, this woman, Jerusalem, is in bondage with her children. He called Jerusalem the woman. I say he called Jerusalem the woman. Do you get it? He had two wives. Jerusalem was his woman. So if I got new Jerusalem, what do I have? God, I got to go, man. I can't. If I don't do it, I won't live. If you don't feed me, I don't live. Okay, here we go. Verse 24, going back. Which thing was an allegory? For these are the two covenants. The, the one from the Mount Sinai, which genesis to abundance, which is Agar. This Agar is Mount Sinai in Arabia, which answered to Jerusalem, which now is. It's the woman which now is. The natural woman. The natural heaven. And this woman is in bondage with her children. But she's a natural woman. But Jerusalem, which is above, is free. The spiritual woman, which is the mother of us all. Who was Eve? The mother of all living. So you have to say it like I say. You can't say mother of us all because mother of us all today ain't, ain't don't get it. You got folks ain't saved. But he's talking to the church. Jerusalem, which is above, is free. Now, who is Jerusalem, which is above? Y'all write it down. I won't ask you no more questions. Promise you. Just write it down. Jerusalem above is the woman that's above. Jerusalem in the earth is the woman that's in the earth. Abraham had two wives. I'm just going to tell you. I'm not going to expect you to know nothing no more. I'm just going to tell you. We'll ask you more questions. Praise God. Praise God. Well, I'm not going to mess with your day. I'm just going to tell you. But anybody got that? That's Jerusalem, which is above. Praise the Lord. Okay, I'm still reading. Verse 27. For it is written, Rejoice thy bearing that beareth not. Break forth and cry thou that travailest not. For the desolate has many more children. The desolate has many more children than she which has an husband. So he's talking about the two wives, 
Now he's talking about the wives' children. Now we, brethren, as Isaac was, are the children of the promise. We are not the, we are not the wife, but we are the children of the promise. But as then he was born after the flesh persecuted him that was born after the spirit. Even so is now. Nevertheless, what saith the scripture? Cast out the bondwoman, her son, and her son. For the son of the bondwoman shall not be heir with the son of the free woman. Who is the son of the free woman? Christ, the seed. So then, brothers, we are not children of the button woman, but we are children of the free woman. What was the name of the free woman? Can anybody give me one guess? Jerusalem, but what was her natural name? Sarah. Sarah. Okay. Now, so you had two wives. You had Sarah and Hagar. So Sarah, children of the free woman, children of grace. So that means we are children of the free woman. All right. Is I cover everything I need to cover first. Let's go back to let's go back to Second Peter again. I think you got it now. Second Peter chapter three. Second Peter chapter three verse five. That's where we at. Second Peter three five out of the King James version. That's where you ought to be at. Second Peter chapter three verse five. All right, here we go. For this they willing are ignorant of by the word of God, the heavens which were of old, and the earth standing out of the water, in the water, whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perished. So we know what happened to the old world. It perished. But the heavens and the earth which are now by the same word are kept in store reserved against the day of judgment. And perdition of ungodly men. But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing. One day with the Lord is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long suffering. Long suffering, watch this, to us what? 2,000 years ago. You're not one of those us what? Not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That's what they had to do. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. That's why we're going to take you through Thessalonians, because that's what he's talking about. He's going to come as a thief in the night. Why? Because the bride leaves at midnight. The bride goes out to meet her husband when? At midnight. I asked you to watch something on television. How many remember what I asked you to watch? The bride. Hebrew wedding. That's what it's going to call the Hebrew wedding. You can just hit your podcast and say, Hebrew wedding, you're going to jump up. Man, going to give you four hours of just a Hebrew wedding. If you'll do it, you'll find out what I'm saying. I'm trying to tell you, your salvation is based on you knowing the word. It's not just, I'm saved. Let me move on. 
Let's keep on. Watch what it says. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. Because why? The wife had to go out and meet her husband at night. That was the bridegroom, right? The bridegroom coming. Go out to meet him. And they all had their lamps burning bright. And they went out with their lights. But fire didn't have no oil. Time to go meet the bridegroom. You know what? They didn't have no light. See, that's not you. If, you, if that was you, you, you should have celebrated the Feast of Tabernacles. Just put your notes and look at it. What they did, they had to stay outside with their lights, sleep in the booths, waiting for the Lord to come. So when he came, they would be able to see him coming. They would meet the Lord in the air. See, all that's there. The, what he says in verse 10, But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise. Now remember, that's, that is the Old Testament Israel. They died. That's what you're going to see in the book of Revelation. They pass away with a great noise. And then the elements. Elements, I'm going to give you all the definitions for the word elements. It has to do with all the, the teachings. Shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also, which is the, the world, all the flesh, see all the Old Testament, all the old works, shall be burned up. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in all holy conversation and godliness, looking for 2,000 years ago, and hastening unto the coming of the day of God. Where in the heavens, again, he's going to tell you, the heavens being on fire. Now, have you ever watched the old covenant? What happened to Jerusalem? Let me go to the camera. Jerusalem was burned to the ground. If you go back and look at AD 7, and Jerusalem was destroyed, and watch the story, you will see that Roman soldiers came in for days and days and days and days and days until they annihilate the city, burn down the city. Jesus said there would not be one stone upon another, not, not overturned, the whole thing. And then Jeremiah said it had to be plowed up. The temple was completely destroyed. And so, the, so what you're having people to tell you today is when the Antichrist comes, he's going to be sitting in the temple, ask God, praying like he got. And you say, hey, praise the Lord. Ain't no temple, though. That's the point, praise the Lord. That's what, I, that's what pe Paul, see, I never forgot what Paul said. You believe everything somebody tells you. Looking for and hastening to the coming of the day of God, where in the heavens being on fire. Shall be dissolved and the elements shall met with fervent heat. Nevertheless, Peter said, we, that ain't you, according to his promise. And I'm going to show you in the word of God, Ephesians, and I'm going to go to Ephesians 2, 11 and read that. You was not, there was no promise to Gentile. Nevertheless, we according to his word, his promise, we look for new heavens and new earth. Wherein dwelleth righteousness. And watch what the next verse says. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that we look for such things, be diligent that you may be found in him in peace without spot and blameless. Well, how do you get that way? It showed wasn't you doing it. But they had to go through the trials. 
and the persecution and all that stuff so they can get that way. You got yours from the man on Calvary. He washed us in his own blood. You ought to give him all the praise. He gave us, he gave us his righteousness. He gave us his peace, his joy. Now, I'm going to get into the next. I'm going to show you the bride, the lamb's wife, when I come back. I'm going to go to the last chapter of Revelation, and I'm going to show you the, the bride in Revelation 20. So I'm going to go to and show you the bride, the lamb's wife, the bride, and I'm going to show you in chapter 19, it's going to say, after she went through tribulation, don't forget this, don't forget this, she has made herself ready. Now you know you weren't saved by making yourself ready. Get out of here. Let me go to this camera. One man made you ready. What's his name? God said you are accepted in the beloved. You had nothing to do with making yourself ready. But this woman went through tribulation and when she went through tribulation it says now she has made herself ready. When I get to Revelation chapter 3 and verse 20, Jesus is going to go and see the, the woman ready for betrothal. Going to wait. See, she's ready to, for the, for the betrothal. So he's going to go to the door. He said, behold, he's standing at the door. Now, if she let him in, he'll be able to come in and have the fellowship dinner. And that's how the, the thing made. And then the next thing will be the wedding or the consummation where he has to come to the door and knock. And if she would open the door, he would come in and he would fellowship with her and he would her and him with her, and then they would be able to talk and get everything straight. And then after that, he'll let her know, I'm gone now. I'm gone. I've just come to check and see if you're ready. I'll see you a little later. And I'll come back and get you. And I'm going to meet you in the air. You watch a Jewish wedding? When they get ready to get married, they put them up on their shoulder and they carry them while they sing. She met him Oh, man, if you ever get this. First Corinthians chapter 15. You know what I want to say to you? Go watch it yourself. You're going to rejoice just like I did. First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 1. Watch what the Word of God says. Moreover, brothers, I declare to you the gospel which I preach to you where which you also have received and where you stand, by which also you are saved. If you keep in memory what I preach to you, unless you have believed in vain. For I deliver to you first of all that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scripture, and then he was buried and he rose again according to the scripture. Christ's death, Christ's burial, Christ's resurrection is what you need today as a going again believer and receive the Holy Spirit, become one of God's children, and everything the Father has will become yours. Like Hey, Abraham gave all that he had to Isaac. Now, Christ gave everything he has to us. Once you're in Christ, you receive all of the blessing. Ephesians 1 and 3, blessed be God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, my Lord. Somebody give him praise in the house. My time is up. I thank you for yours and the door of faith is open to you.
Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.